welcome back to another episode of Elephant in the Room. This is a podcast where we talk about things that aren't often talked about in church. So it's really cool to like tap in and actually see what's important and how we can then follow through on that in our Christian walk. But today I'm really excited because I have the very awesome Ben Mays joining us. Ben actually was my lecturer at Life Leadership College, a Bible college I went to a few years ago. So he's an awesome guy and we're really excited because today we're talking about the Bible and why we should read the Bible, how to read the Bible, and why it's so hard. Because if we're completely honest, I think one of the elephant in the rooms is the Bible can be really hard to read. And something that I know I personally have to like work really hard at. So yeah, we're gonna like dive into that, hear all we can about how we can do the Bible well. But Ben, be awesome to hear a little bit about you. What do you do? Um, who are you? <laughs> yeah. So great to be with the whole She Seeks Goodness fan. Uh, so yeah, my name is Ben Mays. I have, let's start, I'm currently, I work as our Life Leadership College teaching pastor here at Life in Auckland, which is the best job on the planet. Uh, I'm originally Australian, but don't hold that against me if you are from New Zealand. Um, I love movies, love hanging out with friends and yeah, life is good. I'm really passionate what we're talking about today. So thank you for having me. Oh, awesome. Now we're so excited to have you and like really excited to hear about what you have to say because statistically when we look mm. at the Bible and how often people read it, yeah. it's actually not that much. I actually did a little bit of research the other day mm. and had a look in American statistics. Unfortunately, we don't really have anything that measures New Zealand, but we pretty much, we copy, right? We copy <laughs> America and only 10% of like American Christians say they read their Bible daily. And that's actually a drop since the pandemic where it used to be on 14. So I would say, you know, reading the Bible is really hard. And I was looking into all the reasons behind it and some of the key reasons, which I'm gonna read to you right now, that I just found a bit interesting and could relate to, if I'm completely (laughs) honest, is the reasons why particularly Gen Zs don't read their Bible is because they don't have enough time. They don't understand it. They don't think the Bible is a relevant source of truth for a meaningful life. The Bible is full of contradictions. They feel like they just don't understand it enough. They get distracted or they think it's too long. So there's a whole lot of buts really when it comes to reading the Bible and um, like that kind of battle for us. But I'd be really interested to know Ben, even though I'm sure you also experience a lot of those buts and want to, you know, all those struggles that we have. Why do you read the Bible anyway? Yeah, it's a good question, uh, especially because it would seem like almost a responsibility of my job now to read the Bible, but it's, uh, it's always been a lot more than that. Mm. Why I read the Bible is because it tells me who God is. Um, which is really key. I mean, ultimately, that's what this is. It's a revelation of who God is. And it's a revelation of who God is through his encounters with people throughout history. So not only does it tell me who God is, but it also tells me who I am in his eyes yeah, and the plan that he has for the world. Love it. Nice and simple? No, that's great. Cool. It's just like straight to the point. I love it. Yeah. But what would you do if you couldn't read the Bible? Like, okay, sure. can being may survive... If you couldn't read the Bible. Well, the first thing that would happen in my mind if I couldn't read the Bible is like, I wish I'd memorized more of it. So this is like a good little uh, reminder for me now. Uh, Hypothetically, are we going here like the Bible is illegal and no one can read it? 
or like I physically cannot read it myself, but it still exists. Oh, that's good. You throw it back on me. Um, I really like movies, so let's just go to the full scenario, right? <laughs> I think I think straight on is illegal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would, I, there would be the sense of I mean, you hear about the underground church in China. Yeah. Where like you, or, or other groups throughout history where they haven't had the Bible and literally they only have a page of the Bible and they would gather together and read it and be so important. So I would hope if I could no longer read it, like if it became hard to find, I'd somehow be able to grasp hold of it. Mm -hmm. I know I was talking to um, a number of Iranians once where the Bible is illegal and they would have to hide it throughout the houses and they could be subject at any time to kind of raids from the, the police or whatever. So first of all, if I was to be stuck without the Bible, I'd hope I'd memorize enough of it or know enough of it to be able to hide it enough that I could hold on to it. Um, yeah, I don't know even know where I was going with that. I'm full on in movie mode now thinking about that. Yeah, but I, I, that's where I think there is beautiful um, significance being able to memorize it and yeah. actually hold it within myself. That's so cool. I love that. And such, yeah, I guess it's something to really think about, you know, the privilege we have of access to the Bible and then yeah. realizing that like, if that was stripped from me, like how screwed would I be or how yeah. like equipped am I because I've actually learned it. Yeah. It's very challenging. It makes me like remember back to like primary having to learn memory verses yeah. every week. And like, I would just learn them on the bus, like on the way there on the Friday. And now I look back and I'm like, that was such like an awesome tool to set me up. But something we, it's never too late, right? Yeah. It's never too late to get back in and, um, actually start memorizing scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, did you ever get to, did you pick your own verse or were you given a verse you had to memorize? Oh no, we were given, like we were okay. given like a chapter or something and you do like a verse a week. Okay. And then the end of the term, if you yeah. really wanted to get like, I think you got like, I don't know, some sort of award or certificate in school or something. If you memorize the whole lot and then recite it in your last week. I did pretty well on that. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, we did well. We did well. Yeah, but no, it was very good. Forgotten. I actually do remember quite a bit of it. That's good. It does surprise me sometimes. The Beatitudes, it's pretty good. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, year five right there. <laughs> it's amazing. But um, yeah. it's so interesting though because we get to like learn about the Bible and like read it and memorize it. And for us, I yes. guess we've had a revelation of that being important. Yes. But with one of the big questions that I mentioned earlier that people say when they want to read the Bible but don't is probably the thing of like, can I trust it? Mm -hmm. Like, why do we actually read it? You read it because you want to know God. Yes. But how can we trust that what the Bible says actually speaks about God and yeah. is it just a bunch of words thrown together by a few guys a couple a hundred years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, I have been thinking about this uh, quite a bit recently. It's, to use a modern example, we're sitting here today, if an elephant was to get loose from Auckland Zoo and to come stampeding down the road and you I look out and see that, a hundred years from now, how would we know that would happen? Well, if it was just like kind of a story that got passed down from person to person and got elaborated upon and got, and you end up talking to someone 100 years from the time, it was like, oh, I heard there once was an elephant and there was like five monkeys on its back and it had wings and we'd probably be like, okay, there's some, you know, there's, there's some distance here that would make me question it. What would make that account valid was if there was eyewitnesses, mm. if there was multiple eyewitnesses and if it was recorded in a way that was transmitted faithfully. So if, if I'm talking to a mate and they're like, oh, did you know that, you know, when Shakespeare was writing Hamlet, for example, 
um, he wrote that on the first of the computer, I'd be like, you have probably been reading some sort of weird article on the internet that has no basis in science. Um, if we've got something that has historically been preserved and kept down for generations and has a lot more credence to it, because it's an eyewitness and I know it's been faithfully passed down. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. In the same way with the Bible, um, what I love about this thing and coming to it is it doesn't rely on one person's testimony. Yeah. If it relies on one person's testimony, then there is always that level of error of, well, how much could that one person make up? Uh, in the same way that in a, in a trial, um, in a court, there will be multiple witnesses to attest to something that happened to give it, to give it evidence. The Bible is the same way. It's um, somewhere around 40 different authors have put this together. There are thousands, if not millions of witnesses throughout the, the, the Old and New Testament that, that attest to what happened. Um, so that gives it credence. Um, if everything relies on one person getting a special message, there's, there's area there to doubt yeah. that's resting on one person's credibility. But when multiple people are telling their perspective and then what they've witnessed, and it comes together and unites, which the Bible does, that gives an incredible credence. Also how it has been passed down. I think sometimes, I know um, I've had people say to me in the past, like, you should, you should only read the King James Bible. That's original. Everything else has been adapted for that. Uh, that going into the massive history of it all, that's not actually how it worked. Uh, it has been the Hebrew and the Greek um, scriptures that have been copied down faithfully. We have um, remnants of those original, well, of scriptures from like 2,000 years ago that align with what we have today. So it's twofold. We've got multiple witnesses. We know that there are eyewitnesses. They're not just someone who heard a story somewhere. And um, I guess also too, it's been faithfully passed down. Yeah, that's so cool. And like, when you think about it, like, wow, like we can really trust the word, probably mm. more than we can trust a lot of like history we learn in school and stuff that's actually not based on near as many accounts. So you'd say you trust the Bible, you know? <laughs> Totally trust the Bible. I think that's that's the, the key thing. Like uh, you would know, you study a bit of history as well. Like when you study history, you're, you're always looking at well, does this line up with what else was happening at the time? But the Bible actually fits into history. I mean, I've been on the the, the Sea of Galilee. Mm -hmm. I've walked in the, the the city of Dan. Like these places are real. The people are supported in other historical documents. We know that Pontius Pilate exists. We know that. You know, Jesus has talked about and his influence, not just within the Bible, but beyond that and other sources. So um, it fits into history as well. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. And I love it because it gives a lot of confidence, you know, like we were to pick up our Bible and know that I can I can trust this. Yeah. And not just because I trust in God and I believe what he says, but I believe that I can, I can trust the sources that he used to like write it and yeah. witness it and ensure that it's like preserved throughout history. And so I think for us as Christians, it's great. We're like, awesome, you know, I can trust yeah. the Bible. I can read it. I know it will help me know who God is. Yes. Um, but when it comes to like reading the Bible and like, okay, I open my Bible. It's my like Bible reading time in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes the, the question that a lot of us are start with, they're like, what am I, what am I looking for yes. when I open it? Like, what am I hoping to like get a revelation of what I should do today? Mm. Am I trying to understand history? Yes. Like what am I searching for? So for us, Ben, what would you encourage us when we're opening our Bible and we're reading it first thing in the morning? Yeah. What does God want us to understand and think when we're reading? Yeah, great question. I love that you're automatically starting with first thing in the morning. Fantastic. I'm for that. <laughs> um, what, is, what is God looking for? I think it is that we would understand him in his heart. 
Yeah, cool. I think that's the primary thing. You know, can we learn things historically how they happen? Absolutely. But I think primarily it's about how who God is and how he relates to us. And, and we learn that it's one thing if I was to, um, you know, if I was to travel overseas, uh, I'm going to pick Ireland from, I've never been there. So if I was going to Ireland and I was said to someone, oh, tell me about Ireland. And they plop down a giant thick binder full of all the rules of the country. I'd have information there, but it'd be really hard to connect to it. Yeah. If I sat down with someone and said, let me tell you the story. I was born in this country. This is what it looked like. This is what I've experienced. I'm going to understand the country, not just from a head perspective, but also from a heart perspective. And I think the Bible is the same thing. When we open it up, we see, hey, this is how other people before me have walked before God. Sometimes they got it right. A lot of the times they didn't. Um, but this is how they walked before God and this is how God responded to them. From that, I understand his character. From that, I understand what he how he responds and how he acts, understand that he is redemptive, understand that he is gracious, understand that he is loving, mm. understand that he is holy. Uh, in all these ways, these help me understand him. So I think there's a lot we can kind of grasp from the Bible. But if we start with, okay, who is God and how does he respond to us? And it's a really good place to start. I love that. Like just really helps you like focus everything around it as well, right? Yeah. When you read history, it's like, great. But what does that mean for me and my relationship with God? Or how does that bring me closer? Yeah. Just really simplifies it. I think takes away the fear when yes. it comes to reading the Bible, the fear of like messing it up or not understanding and, you know, beating yourself up because you don't understand what a particular word means or like who, I don't know, see the walls or whatever, you know, yeah. like there's all that kind of stuff that can throw us off. But then at the same time, you know, to understand who God is and get to know him more like it does require a bit of interpretation like yes. it's not something we can just read and then be like I understand everything based off my own knowledge of the world yes. um how should we be looking at scripture like if I'm opening my bible it's mark one or something and you know I'm looking through it what are the lenses that I need to be putting on in order yeah. to make sure what I read and understand is accurate and yes. like an actual representation of God and not something based on my own biases, yes. my own understandings. Um, yeah. Do you have any like simple guidelines that can help us? Yeah. Great question. Uh, yeah. I, I think the encouragement from the outset, maybe someone watching this right now, like you all listening to this, you don't need a PhD to read the Bible. It's okay. <laughs> um, I like to say that the Bible has no sequel. Like it's not like you graduate from this and then you move on to 2.0. Uh, so we're going to be, there's going to be, there's still moments where I read through the Bible. I'm like, I don't fully understand that. or I'm still getting my head around it. I know a lot more than I did than about 17 years ago, where I still really started 18, 19, many years ago anyway, when I really started getting into it. Uh, there's def I understand more of it, but there's still a way to go. That's okay. This is going, going to be ongoing revelation and ongoing discovery, if you like. Uh, so when I'm opening the Bible to Mark 1, which is, I'm reading Mark at the moment. Oh, so that's, amazing. Holy Spirit. There you go. There you go. Uh, how do I read it? I think one of the key things is to keep in mind is this idea of context. Yeah. Uh, what's happening in the book of the Bible. A couple of contexts we think about. Um, first of all, we think about the overarching narrative of the Bible in context. So uh, the Bible is what we call progressive revelation. That's yeah, the $20 word term for today, progressive <laughs> revelation, which means God reveals himself throughout the Bible, which means when we read Genesis, we're not trying to go, well, this is exactly how Isaac, Christ followers should live today. 
God is revealing himself throughout scripture. So first of all, put it in the timeline. Uh, secondly, think about the genre of scripture. Now, this is probably bringing back like memories of high school English for everybody. Uh, where, like, in the same way, at home at the moment, I've got like a recipe book, I've got a novel, I've got a book around um, leadership. All of those books are true, and I come to all of them expecting to learn. But I also know that they're focused on different things. Yeah. So when I read the book of Psalms, I come to it expecting poetry that is people being honest before God with how they're feeling and how they're working out how to trust them in all seasons of life. When I come to Mark, which is a narrative, I'm expecting an unfolding of what happened day by day. When I come to um, like Isaiah, I'm reading to a prophet who is trying to, who is delivering God's message to people to try and bring them back to him. It doesn't make any of them untrue or less trustworthy, but they're all having a different kind of focus, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, when I'm reading a narrative, for example, when I'm reading, <laughs> probably a terrible example, but when I'm reading a narrative, I'm reading about like, um, you know, Solomon having multiple wives. I'm not like, oh, the Bible is saying that everyone should have multiple wives. <laughs> that's not what it's doing. It's just recounting what happened. Yeah. As opposed to when you get to one of the, the epistles, one of the letters in the New Testament, that is more direct how to live. Does that make sense? Totally. So there's progressive revelation, there is a context of genre, and there's also the context of the historical and the cultural time. And that's probably like the next level where it can be a bit hard to distinguish some of those things. Um, one of the things we've just actually been talking about this week in our lectures is uh, um, the Bible, I think, it's, I think it's Gospel of Matthew talks about when Jesus died, the temple was torn from top to bottom. Well, one of the things we probably don't realize in that scripture because we don't practice the Jewish faith is this is following the time of Passover, which is what immediately precedes Israelites walking through the Red Sea. So I would say the symbolism there between the tearing of the curtain and the, the parting of the sea, in both cases revealing God's salvation. But that's one of those things that when we go a little bit deeper and understand the culture and what they were thinking about at that time, it would have more significance. Yeah, cool. And that's what I mean. Look, this, is a, this is a lifelong deep dive. We're not going to get all that first read. But as we continue to grow and study and meditate on it, we learn more. Dang, I love that. I actually didn't know that. There is. I'm just going to put that in my pocket. There you go. A little that's, party that's trick. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one was like, something about the bible you don't yeah. <laughs> no that's so cool and um yeah i think will really be really helpful i know for me like that's been so helpful for me reading mm. the bible because i can be fearful about misinterpreting and yes. be like oh man maybe like should i be taking this literally right now or yeah. is it more metaphorical or like yeah. and knowing the genre helps so much where i'm like okay maybe everything David and the psalmist are talking about isn't something to literally do, but maybe it's more my heart response to God and yeah. vice versa. So no, I think that's like so, so encouraging. And it kind of leads me to my next question of like, so we can interpret scripture or have a better understanding on how to interpret it. Yes. But then there's also the partnership of that and how often do we read it? Yeah. And when should we read it? How much should we read I think that's something mm. a lot of people get stumped on, because especially if you don't feel like you have a lot of time, yes. you know, you're like, do I need to read the entire Bible in one sitting? Like, is that the only way to do it? Or, um, yeah, I guess it's kind yeah. of like pulling that apart, taking the legalistic side away. Yes. But how, how would you encourage people to read their Bible? Where to start? I think about how often to read it. I think once a day at least is a really good thing. Yeah, cool. 
So I have recently started making a change. I used to try and, you know, read my Bible before I drove into work. But the whole time I was reading it, I'm really just thinking about traffic. Am I going to be late? What have I got to do today, et cetera? So I've just started in the last few months of making the pattern of I get to work half an hour, 45 minutes early, get into work, I make breakfast, and I sit in our staff room with my Bible. And what it does is it just gives me the time to breathe, mm-hmm. to really take it in and give it my full attention. Uh, I don't read, I'll probably read like a chapter of Max a day uh, because the point is not just to charge through it and tick a box. The point is to give Holy Spirit time to um, help me see it. So I'll typically read through it and then there'll be things that stand out, maybe something I haven't seen before, maybe it's where the Holy Spirit nudge me like, hey, have another look at this, um, think about how this applies to you today. And I think that's one of the key things. The Holy Spirit, this came through human hands, but the Holy Spirit inspired all of it. Mm. So he's the author of it, and he's also the illuminator of it. And I think sometimes when we can feel potentially the pressure of I've got to get through the Bible, I've got to understand it all, and I've got to be also really excited about reading it, actually, I, I, one of the key things I do is invite the Holy Spirit just to speak to me while I read it. Sometimes I walk away with things that I then want to go and study for an hour and really because it's brand new kind of revelation. And sometimes it's just a reminder of who God is. Um, so that's really key. I think if someone is starting to read the Bible for the first time, I encourage them to start with the Gospels with Jesus. Because yeah, uh, I like to think of Jesus is the hinge really for all human history, for all eternity, and certainly the hinge of the Bible. Of um, Everything from the Old Testament makes sense in light of who Jesus comes to be, and the rest of the New Testament all hinges off what he's done, if that makes sense. So start with the, I was encouraging people to start with the, the Gospels, read through the rest of the New Testament, then come back to the Old Testament and read that in light of who Jesus is. Mm. Um, yeah. And I guess another encouragement, this might be slightly off topic, but I think a key one. I read a great book years ago called Moonwalking with Einstein. I'm pretty sure it's Moonwalking with Einstein. Uh, and it's this guy and he basically goes to these world memory championships and he's watching all these people like, oh, these are all these people, these photographic memories who, you know, you know these, these freaks of nature, these people with genetic predispositions. And everyone he talked to at this event is like, you could come back to this event next year and win it. And so it sends him on this massive discovery of um, learning about memorization and learning about, you know, how we memorize things. To, to spoil the ending, he does go back a year later and he does win it. What? Because is this true? This is true. Oh, wow. He realizes a lot of, like, when it comes to people memorizing things, it's, it's just habits and ways of doing things. Why am I getting into all this? Because part of what he talks about is when we invented the printing press and books suddenly became a whole lot more available, we became a whole lot less dependent on memorizing and internalizing things. Mm-hmm. We can consult a library, grab a book out, read it when we want, put it back. We don't actually have to hold that knowledge anymore. We are now in a whole other world of everything is available on a click on our phone, which is fantastic. And we can access anything at any point, but it also means I would hazard the vast majority of things we read, learn, look at, et cetera, becomes just a, a momentary adrenaline blip. And then we move on to the next thing. My encouragement is when it comes to reading a Bible for all of us, it's got to be more than a momentary thing. Yeah, cool. Because if we're just coming to it to consult it for a quick answer when we need it, I don't think we're really grasping what we can out of it. If we actually meditate on it, which the Bible talks about, and internalize it and memorize it and let it sink deep, it's going to have a whole lot more significance and guidance for us. 
So I think we've got to approach this differently to the textbook or the, you know, the Instagram post or whatever else they're reading, actually come to this and let it think down deep and give it the time and give it the focus. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's something I've actually been really challenged with lately where I noticed, like, especially over the last year, I would do my, like, Bible time and then come, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. I've completely forgotten everything mm. I've, like, learned and then just realized, I'm like, oh, God, like, I feel like I'm not actually meditating on your word. Like, I'm mm. reading it and then by lunchtime, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. it's that bad. Yeah. And um, I was really encouraged to actually listen to a podcast, and this guy was saying, um, read the Bible like you're going to teach it, mm. because in that um, ensures of him telling your head that you actually have to know what you're reading yes. and you have to think on it. Yes. And I'm like, that's been so helpful for me, mm. as well as, like, actually writing it down. Like, sometimes I'll read the Bible in the morning, I'll have, like, a scripture just like, really stick to me and I don't want to forget it and I know I will because I have great memory yes. so sometimes I just write it on my hand and I just like walk around I look at it I almost like quiz myself I'm like what did that say and sometimes I look at it I'm like I can't even remember like yeah. that was a while ago other times I can and I feel like just putting in those small practices for me have been like so helpful and um actually I feel like you know, makes the living word live in me. Yeah. And it's not just something I read, not a little self-help for like two minutes, but something that can help me throughout the day. In fact, hopefully even share with someone else, you know, share that revelation you had in the morning. Yeah. It's so encouraging. Yeah. And that's exactly how it goes beyond something that just sits up here to down here is, is yeah. journal it. Like you said, write it down, um, talk about it with someone. All these things help us take it beyond just something we've quickly read and then moved on from. It's something that actually, yeah, we meditate on. And that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, no, I love it. And like a way to like actually share the words that God puts on your heart. And so it's not just for yourself, it's very outward focused as well. I think that's really, really awesome. But um, Ben, yes. I would love to know, because this is for me, like I just want to go a little bit further in my Bible reading. Yes. I do want to like um, improve and get to know God more. What are some of the tools that you use when it comes to reading? Because I know you don't just rely on your Bible, I'm pretty sure. You've got a great historical understanding, so I assume that takes a bit of research. But what are are some of the tools you use to help you in your Bible time? I think that probably the biggest encouragement I have for anyone going, I want to go deeper in the Bible, is get a study Bible. That is the Bible that has maps, overviews, like notes to explain it down the bottom. Um, I think that's a really key. That's that's I would say that's the next step for someone wanting to go. I just really want to understand it. So I will use study Bibles. Um, now I'm obviously teaching Bibles, so there is a I'm, I'm constantly having to level up in that sense to be able to do that. And so I also use what's called commentaries, which. Uh, which are usually quite thick. They can be like that thick for one book of the Bible, but that will be scholars who speak Greek or Hebrew, uh, who understand more about the culture and they'll go into greater depth in interpreting and explaining the scripture. Um, there's also like the Bible projects do great mm. recap videos on their yeah. YouTube site, which are all free with no ads. Um, so I'll occasionally consult those to see how they present the overview of the book. So there's quite quite a few resources out there, but if if you're stuck and going, where do I start with all this? Just get a, a great study Bible. 
I love that. Mm. Easy too, right? Yes. We're in a world where that's so accessible. Yes. It's something we can so be encouraged to do. I actually need to get a study Bible and think I'll add that to my list of <laughs> Christmas gifts now. <laughs> See Just what we can get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Ben, I've got one more question for yeah. you. And I feel like this would be super encouraging for a lot of us that have been so encouraged by what you've already said mm. and ready to dive into their Bible and super motivated we can I feel like even I can be like that and go home and be like oh like yeah. it's a bit hard again how would you motivate and encourage our like listeners mm. that are wanting to read the bible and wanting to create that healthy rhythm yes. um how how would you motivate them to keep going yes. and um not give up when it gets tough great question uh, a couple of motivations I think first of all is just get started and start yeah. small uh, if, if you struggle to read the Bible first thing in the morning, uh, literally just go, I'm going to read one verse. Right. So I'm just going to get one verse, going to read that first thing in the morning. So set yourself up in a bit of a habit. I think go easy on yourself. If you read something and you don't understand it, that's okay. Um, it doesn't mean that it has been a waste. Just keep reading. Because like I said, the more you come back to the Bible, the more all the colors come into play, all the all the, the shades come into play. Like I said, I've read this thing so many times and I'm still discovering new areas. So just be consistent. Don't give up. And, yeah, I guess just be reminded that as you read this, God can speak to you. And yeah, cool. nothing more exciting than God speaking to us. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Even when it gets tough, that is knowing that when you do read, like God won't um, disappoint you yes. in, in the reading. You will get to get hold of him and, understand and know that he will bless you through that revelation as well which is so cool but Ben thank you so much for joining us and giving us so much encouragement when it comes to reading the Bible I know I've personally been very encouraged and challenged you know to actually take it seriously and put the um, practices and principles in place to ensure that I I can read and do it well and get to know God more and um, for anyone who's listening and who's also been encouraged, maybe a little bit challenged, can I encourage you that um, yeah, God has a great plan for you and that he does want to make this like an easier ride. Like he's not here to make it hard for us, but um, he will give us the help with the Holy Spirit and wise counsel to help us read. So yeah, I hope you're encouraged. And I'm sure we'll have to have you back then at some point. This is awesome. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll get another book study or something, you know. <laughs> Maybe the book of Mark, eh? Done. We'll do that next. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, have a great day, guys, and we'll see you later on. Bye.